Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Podcast USA. We bring together the best technical leaders to talk about their industry passions and challenges they are facing. I'm Data Science Donnie from Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and I help connect businesses with top data science talent, and I am your host today. Today, I'm joined by an amazing panel to discuss the topic that should be interested for all leaders out there. And the topic is, is how to transition from an individual contributor to a leader. Before we delve deeper into this topic, let's make our way around the room for some introductions. Ben, would you like to start? Yeah, absolutely. My name is uh, Ben Dundee. I'm a um, director of data science at, uh, at CVS Health uh, in the retail pharmacy organization. I've been in data science since about 2012. Uh, I kind of fell into the career um, when we moved to Austin and, uh, you know, I worked in startups, um, in the startup scene there for a long time, it was employee number 15, employee number 25. I, I, I did cash a check for about $8,000 last year. So that's a <laughs> big startup cash out story. Um, worked in a couple of other companies in Austin. Uh, so retail me not y'all may know, um, Verbo, uh, which is an Expedia group company. I, my team owned the core ranking algorithm on Verbo.com, which was a, a really fun is a really great experience you know it was uh, when you own ranking at an at a e-commerce company everybody wants to talk to you uh so i had a lot of interface with sort of the vp level uh you know at, at expedia and at verbo um before i joined cbs i was uh, head of data science data engineering uh, analytics operations research uh, at a t-shirt company i tell my neighbors i sell t-shirts on the internet uh so jiffyshirts.com uh, i was the head of data there for uh for a couple of years um you know, uh, dropship e-commerce operation, um, surprisingly complex business for selling t-shirts. And then <laughs> most, recently, uh, most recently I joined uh, CVS Health. Uh, my teams are the ones uh, work, well, my teams are part of the whole chain of teams that, that send you a bunch of text messages when you get a new prescription. Um, so we work to optimize those text messages, the verbiage, the cadence, the timing, and we're looking to do some uh, sort of more sophisticated stuff here in the, in the, in the next Super excited to be here to chat. Thank you so much, Ben. How about you, Vinny? Yeah, thank you, Donnie. Thank you. Thanks for having me again, right? It's the second podcast. Uh, yes, sir. It's very, very exciting. Uh, very good conversations always, right? So my name is Vinny Souza. I currently lead the data science team at Enact Mortgage Insurance. I came from many years from a very large technology company the last six years leading their data science team. Uh, more or less 10 years, fully dedicated to leading data teams, right? From data engineers, data analysts, and all sorts of magic that uh, we have been evolved to do with data. Very excited to be here. And thanks, Vinny. All right, Anthony, you're up in the shoot. Hey, good to see you guys, and uh, thanks for having me. I'm Anthony Renzetti. I'm with uh, Veritivity, or I'm Chief Product Officer. Worked in technology for about 30 years uh, and across a number of different industries. Right now, we're focused on payments. We use data to help uh, our customers reduce fraud, but also errors in the payment process. Uh, prior to that, worked in supply chain management at another startup uh, where we use data quite heavily um, to uh, determine who was in a supply chain. Hey, Donnie. Yeah, yeah, no worries. We can definitely uh, splice go, it go together. To else. Go to someone else. Yeah, I'm going to cut out and join through my phone. Thanks. Perfect. Himanshu, finally your stuff. Right. Uh, thanks. Thanks. Um, so Himanshu Jain, uh, I'm uh, uh, an executive director of data science at CBS Health. It's funny you got both Ben and me, maybe <laughs> sort of one, one person. Uh, one Buy one, jab one uh, free, my friend. <laughs> there you go. 
Um, so what I do, I make healthcare more affordable. Uh, I lead the strategy and execution for applying data science, uh, AI, machine learning to business problems, uh, primarily in two areas. One is cost and second is operations. Uh, and I work with senior leaders in both areas to drive impact and to understand how we can leverage data and advanced techniques uh, to drive impact to the bottom line. Um, I worked in an individual contributor role both here at CVS and also at my prior company in our consulting industry. And I made that transition from individual contributor to a leader or to people's manager multiple times. Um, on the personal front, I grew up in India, uh, came to the US, to do a master's program at MIT and then stayed here for work. Um, I'm still in the Boston area and I live here my life. Absolutely. We kept you. <laughs> but thank you very much for those uh, introductions, guys. Now let's discuss a specific question related to moving from an individual contributor to a leader. Uh, I'll kick us off with how did you know that you were ready for leadership? Uh, we'll start with you, Vinny. Thank you, Donnie. Well, my case, Tony, right, and I may be like the odd, uh, the odd duck here, but I, I'm an engineer by formation, right, an electrical engineer working with telecommunications, specialization in, in telecommunications, and and in in my area, right, I started my career working with infrastructure, right, and building. Uh, external telecommunications infrastructure and then internal infrastructure. Uh, and at that time, I was already, when I started my first job as an intern, I was an intern, right? It was a student and I was already leading a crew, right? Of people installing and passing cables and, and thunder the, the streets and, and on yeah. poles. So since my first job, I was already leading some, some, some people, right? So for me, I think it came very naturally, uh, as, as, as I evolved my career, right? I had my, my individual contributor roles as well, but since the beginning, I was already, I already got that experience of leading people and, and trying to pull people towards the common goal. Uh, so for me, it was right there after graduating. Or I was already there leading teams, right? I guess it's it's it happens when you go work with with infrastructure and and, and from an engineering team. Do you feel that you are prepared when you walked in from day one as a leader? Donny, I was very scared. <laughs> I can tell you, I was very scared. First time I went to to external, right? It was an external job that we had to do. I remember it was an emergency and and. There was a car accident and then it dropped a few poles and we had to go and splice the, the optical fibers, right? And mm. and I got five guys with me and I was and then I was in turn, right? My my first week there. I had no idea what I'm gonna do. But I can tell you that first experience really, really made me passionate because one thing that people don't realize, right? And I just learned, I reflected on that later is that people will always want to do their best, right? And then the guys were there, they saw, well, it's a new guy, right? And and they made it work and and, and they made me feel uh, secure and they knew how to do their job, right? I think that's another thing that is important as well. As you lead, uh, distrust on your people uh, has to come naturally and, and 
And the more time you have as a leader, you'll see, right? People will always want you to do their best. And if you trust that they will do their best, it will just happen naturally, right? So mm -hmm. that fear uh, that I had uh, with time, it takes time, right? But it came to, to decrease and decrease, and then it comes a passion growing naturally, right? How you can develop people, how you can bring people to be leaders as well and team leaders and grow their careers and develop this, this passion for uh, helping people achieve their potential, right? So it's it's a journey for sure. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Vinny. Uh, ben, were you in a similar situation? Were you thrown to the fire <laughs> from day one? <laughs> no, no, I had I had kind of a long start. I think I I was in graduate school for you know for several years, and it's like it's having um graduate school is like having a really bad, low paying job for a long time. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, I was kind of the low person on the on the totem pole, so to speak there. No, I, I you know, I, I started out, um, you know, I started out as an engineer, um, transitioned to data science. Um, I, I think for me, the 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 point where I was ready to start uh, to start managing, start leading a team, I, I think I had the wrong motivations. And I, I at the time, I, I thought, like, I, I have ideas that are bigger than me. Like, I have things that I want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. That I can't, I can't do by myself, and so that was that was kind of my 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 initial motivation. And I think I think that that it, that's a good motivation to 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 get into leadership. I don't think that it's the right motivation. It's not the right primary motivation to get into leadership. And I think what I've realized is, you know, after my <laughs> trying and failing, um, uh, what what I've realized is that you know I used to get really really inspired by by a hard technical problem. I used to get really inspired by you know sitting with somebody and talking with someone and scoping out a problem that that I could sit down and solve. Now I get inspired by doing that for someone else. I get inspired by, you know, uh, framing a problem for somebody and handing it to them and then, and then watching what they can, what they can accomplish. Um, mm. I, I get inspired by, by watching people uh, develop, by watching people work together to collaborate, to collaborate and to solve stuff, you know, and, 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 and that's the, that's the, for, for for me that's kind of one of the things that um this, that, that really sort of keeps me and drives me these days and i think that's the that's a it's a good motivation so if you if you find yourself like oh i just have really big ideas that i can't accomplish like i i i do want to call out that there's a difference between a, a manager and leadership and and and, mm -hmm. um, and and accomplish your big ideas but um if when it comes to being a manager when it comes to to to, to getting other people who you know, you can fire, you can hire and you can fire <laughs> when it comes to that. When it comes to that, that's like a, it's a big responsibility. And I, I think that's like, it's a slightly different, different thing. And, and you have to sort of be into the, the idea of, of, you know, helping your team, nurturing your team, protecting your team, you know, and I think, I think that's the, that's the thing that, you know, if you don't start in a, a people leadership position with, with that frame, you, you'll get there if you need to, if you're going to stay in a people leadership position. Thank you very much for that. Would you say that the most successful leaders or managers are the ones that put those on the same level of uh, priority? You know, I want to be a good leader. I want to be someone that takes care of those individuals and have that kind of mindset that there's something bigger than myself but also the management side of things and making sure that everyone is, you know, I guess, uh, responding to what you are saying, uh, as well as buying into the plan of action, you know, the the timeline of a particular project and doing and committing to their portion. Would you say that they're uh, pretty equal? And, you know, it really depends, you know, if you're a, if you're like a lead architect or, you know, lead software architect or something that, you know, definitely 
the 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 leadership aspect is more important than, than the people aspect. I, I I think there's lots of different ways to, you know, there's lots of different ways to do it, and and everyone kind of finds their own mix, and it's a uh, it's a bit of your personality and a bit of the organizational mm-hmm. culture and a, a bit of the team culture that you want to build or that exists and you sort of come into. Um, so it's kind it's kind of hard, and I think I think everyone has to sort of build that mix for themselves. I think for me personally, I I it, it, I would say it's a pretty even mix. I think that you know what what I found is that the <laughs> the best ways for me to accomplish sort of bigger things are to to really pr- take care of and protect the team. Um, I think the analogy I have in is that, and this is you know I would say this is this is something that really crystallized it for me when I was first became leader is like when you you think about your team as a band like who are you in the band right you're not in the band right you're not the guitar player you're not the singer you're not the person where the spotlight is you're the person running around backstage like yeah exactly yeah they have the right bottled water you know and 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 like that's the that's the way that i think for for for, for me that's the way that i found you know the most successes of people love that example thank you very much for that ben Anthony, how about yourself? When did you know or think that you were ready for leadership or you were ready to transition to that next step? Sure. I, th- I think like Ben, I you know, started uh, out of grad school and um, as an individual contributor, working in a bunch of different areas. You know, I was starting in internet stuff in like 94, 95. So very, very early. We didn't really know what we were doing. Um, so we sort of felt our long way with it. And then just sort of having been there, you know, the, the company I, I was working with at the time said, Hey, why don't you take on this responsibility to do it? And, and being young, I think I, there was a combination of sort of, uh, you know, hubris and stupidity that comes with the use, right? Where you just say, of course I can do that. I, I'm, of course I'm ready. And it's sort of, you know, in those first few months when you're doing it, you're like, wow, I'm, I don't know what to do, but I had great folks around me, you know, great leaders that I worked with, uh, not only in the company, but in other aspects of my life that I was able to rely on. And, uh, and, and really, you know, I, one of the things I will say is, um, I've never been afraid to reach out to people and ask questions, you know, to, to seek out mentorship, even if it's a, you know, one off type basis or on a, on a regular basis to ask people like, Hey, I have, I have this problem of the leadership nature, you know, these type of personnel issues or team building or things like that. How do you handle this? How can I do it? So, um, I, I had to swallow that hubris hard, you know, and, uh, get rid of it. And then, and that allows you to reach out and, and seek sure the wisdom of others, which, you know, now, you know, 30 years later, almost, uh, I still do the same thing. I'm still reaching out, you know, now maybe it's more to peers, sometimes people younger than me and saying, Hey, how do you handle this problem? You know, we're, we're trying to do this. How did you overcome that? I see you did some amazing things. Um, but we have this great technology now. I can reach out to people across the globe and ask those questions. So it's, it's, uh, you know, but that mindset hasn't changed from day one. So the hubris has gone away, but the mindset has gone. <laughs> I would have to echo that. Uh, some of the best leaders I've had have been ones that have empowered me, you know, made me feel like a subject matter expert from my particular portion of the pie. And that, you know, that's what I thought of when you said that, uh, that, you know, some of the best people were the ones that kind of, you know, didn't claim to be an expert, didn't claim to be the master of everything and were able to reach out to individual portions of the, of the team and say, I think you're really great at this because sometimes we don't know what we're great at. Uh, you know, and hearing that from your boss or your leader, uh, saying that I, Donnie, I think you're great at this or Ben, you're great at this. Uh, what do you think about this problem? I was thinking about it this way. What what's your spin or take on it? I'm not a recruiter, uh, for example, uh, and that level, I guess, of transparency is something that isn't easily taught. It's something you kind of have to learn. Uh, you got to trial by fire a little bit, but I, I love hearing that because, um, 
as I'm listening to all of you so far, it is good to resonate with some of the different, I guess, leadership positions, whether in the army or in recruitment that I've had, where I've been able to take little pieces and kind of uh, really uh, resonate with what I've experienced so far. Now, Himanshu, you've been fortunate enough to go from an individual contributor and grow into leadership with the same organization, which is quite exciting. Uh, what would you say is, you know, when you knew when you're an individual contributor, was it that your boss came to you and said, Himanshu, I think you're ready, my man? Or was it that you put your hand up and was like, you know what, I think I think I would like to transition to that next step. I want to start, you know, becoming a leader or people manager. Yeah, I think in my case, it was very much organic. So it, it started by working with, like as you and Anthony described, with leaders that really took care of like myself and the team. And whenever, like in, in my current role, in the current company, our prior company, but I worked with them and I saw them how they go through uh, the different complexities of their jobs, right? And I aspire to rise up to that. And I would sometimes even raise my hand and say, hey, can I help with this? Or I would like to learn this. Or, this is story in my prior job, we were doing consulting engagements. Uh, with different airlines across the world. And we used to travel for like weeks or two weeks in a row uh, to be with the client uh, to solve their problems. And so in many situations, I would tell my engagement manager, hey, is it okay if I sit in these meetings and listen in to the conversation, right? And that was like a great way of learning how the conversations go, right? What my manager or boss does in different situations and and so um with that and then with my own passion of like yeah i want to see the bigger picture and i want to drive the impact uh broadly beyond like just my own like work or project that i'm working on right beyond the code that i am writing i want to know what what is the bigger picture right and so with with the right leaders and with the right, uh, I would say, with my own aspirations and passion, um, mm. it turned out that it was, uh, yeah, it, it gave me the right platform that helped me, I would say, not like a flip of a switch, but more organically transition from yeah individual contributor to i love that you kind of made that situation for yourself that i was just like well can i listen in you know you kind of saw that maybe you were interested in a bit more you wanted to get more visibility and you're uh, a data scientist through and through gathering requirements <laughs> whether for yourself or for you know uh, the external airlines and prepare yourself starting to put yourself in that hot seat and at least understand the process understanding i guess what right looks like a bit Yes, Don, you know, it's very interesting, right? Uh, my beginning of my career, right, I was already a manager. And my leader at the time, uh, working on transition plan and benches and, 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 and all of this planning, succession planning, he said, Vinny, you have to tell your people that if they want to transition to a leadership role, to a, to a manager, they have to be vocal about it. They have mm. to start asking up for training. They have to demonstrate that they want it, or at least that they are considering it. Because it's not everyone that wants to be a manager. 
right? And, <laughs> and maybe it's it's a very not a a, a, a good portion of 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 our people, right? Wants to be a manager. So the ones that want, they have to be vocal about, right? So give that advice to your people. So and and I think that applies to exactly what we're talking here. Any individual contributor that is looking for it, be vocal. Go and tell, talk to your manager. Uh, I'm thinking about this. I would like some leadership training. Uh, keep working on your technical skills, of course, right? You, you do have to be uh, recognized as a technical leader, especially if you're moving to a technical leader position, but you have to be vocal. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of a difference, and especially so your manager can help you and he can then put the entire organization to help you as well. Absolutely. It also seems like to me that management is something that you have to have within. Uh, You have to want to be someone that is looked at as a leader. You have to want to help. Um, I'm not sure in your particular industries and uh, scope of work, but in recruitment, we see this a lot where top billers uh, or top performers uh, automatically get pushed into leadership positions because they assume that is something that one, they will be good at, or two, they would like to do. Uh, I do understand that management typically means a bit more compensation, <laughs> uh, a bit more money. Uh, and in my opinion, some of the top performers do not make the best managers. Uh, and that mindset that you have to have to be a top performer in a sales organization or sales environment does not typically translate with collaboration and helping others. Uh, would you say, actually, I'll ask Anthony first, would you say that top performers, in your opinion, have made some of the best uh, managers? Or do you think it is like Vinny and Amenshu have said, you know, it is someone that kind of volunteers themselves saying, hey, I think I would be interested in this. Uh, what can I do? How can I prepare? Yeah, no, I, I agree with the other guys as well. It's performance as an individual contributor doesn't necessarily translate to leadership qualities. Um, there's a number of other qualities I think you need to have. And, and sometimes you even suppress them as a top performing individual mm-hmm. contributor, right? I mean, things like, you know, being able to seek outside yourself for answers, being able to, um, recognize the things you're not great at and you need to build up your team to sort of, you know, even out those qualities. Um, you know, as an individual contributor, you, you don't always think that way. So as a leader, you have to add that layer of thinking. Um, now it's true though, that we, when we're looking for new leaders, we look to the top performers, right? Um, um, but sometimes as leaders, we also have to say, Hey, that didn't work out. So, you know, let's put, if we can move you back here and, and, and do a, tra- uh, that retransition sort of gracefully. So, yeah, but I wouldn't necessarily say just because you did well as an individual contributor, that's going to translate to you know superb leadership quality. Absolutely. I appreciate that, Anthony. Uh, now, Ben, I would like to propose a different question to the group on uh, the topic of when you are transitioning to leadership, what was some of the hardest aspects of that transition? I think uh, for me, it was, and I would say, I think the you know, I, I think I think maybe some of the biggest mistakes I made, the, the hardest thing, lessons to learn, I think, were um, like getting feedback from the right people. And I think uh, I think Anthony mentioned earlier, like it's it's difficult sometimes to have to go and have those conversations, uh, but you have to make sure you're getting feedback from the right people, both for your performance and for and for the team's performance. Um, I think uh, you know the shift in mindset as well. Like I, I think you know, as I, I mentioned earlier, like just shifting my mindset from you know, this is something that that I'm responsible for. This is something I'm going to accomplish. So being comfortable to giving away the control and pushing down the responsibility to the team. Um, you know, so those 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 were so I think those were kind of the hardest the hardest uh, transitions for me to make. 
Thank you very much, Ben. What about you, Benny? Yeah, for me, I think the first few things, the first challenge that I that I faced was really with the empowerment, right? Because uh, especially where I started, right, uh, leading crews and infrastructure, I had the skills, I had the technical skills, right? But the guys had the expertise and they knew how to do it. And I struggled for several months to understand that I know things from one perspective, they know things from other perspective, and it would be better if I just empowered them, right? So balance authority and empowerment and learning how to delegate and then let people go and deliver on things that they like and that they want and they want to do it, right? And, and, and not just say, I want it my way. That, that was the first like hard challenge that I realized and I, and I changed it. Right? Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Vinny. How about yourself, Imenshu? I would build up on what Vinny said, right? Especially my advice that I got early on is you need to start thinking long-term and not just about what I can do to complete this project or this task. Right. Yes, of course, you can do faster, you can do better, um, and a quicker turnaround, but you would not be able to do each of those tasks that your team is asked to do. So you need to build up that talent. You need to start taking some or invest some time up front that they will learn, they will ramp up, they will earn the knowledge, and then in the long run, you would be much more uh happy that you you invested that time up front, right? Because then that's how you scale the impact, right? And you scale up the productivity of your team. Mm, the pre-planning. <laughs> how about you have yeah, Anthony? Oh, go ahead, Vinny. No, and, and all of this, right, when you think of data science, right, and, and, and our current era of, of all of us here, it still applies because I do still see myself a lot of times thinking, how would I tell that story, right? And, and I talk with, with the data science, this is how I would do, but, but I immediately regret it because they usually come with better stories than I, right? And uh, when they tell their stories they way, I get interest. So keep balancing this and let them shine uh, and let them be creative and let them take ownership because you empower them, but at the same time, they are accountable for it. it. It does have a huge impact on how how things go and how we develop people, how we motivate them, how we keep them engaged. So it's still something today, right? Also creating that culture of the, the person responsible for that idea or that task or the person who did the great job gets rewarded for it. You don't need an actual award. You know, there's not something you have to say, oh, amazing job. It's just saying, you know what? This person did this and they did it fantastic. And I just want to make sure that they get, you know, the credit they deserve. Too often do we hear of leaders and managers that like to be, you know, the face, you know, the they're like, oh yeah, we did such a great job. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And then the team is standing right there, right next to them. And you see everybody's face that's just like, hmm, there's a little bit of a disconnect here. Uh, I I love the fact that you want to give praise, that you want to make sure that everyone feels empowered, whether they want to be a leader or not, but it's just making sure the people under you understand that, that is your form of leadership. Uh, Anthony, what did you uh, think would be the hardest transition that you had into leadership? Well, I agree. The, the comments before have all been fantastic. And I, I, 
I can uh, I just sort of chuckling along with a lot of them because they all sound uh-huh. familiar. But the um, the one I'll tell you the one thing I didn't see coming when I, I remember in a first leadership position is sort of follows me through is is the ability to manage up and what that means. I never really saw that as something I'd have. No one said, "Hey, you're going to have to learn how to report things to your team, when to report, how to report up." Um, don't report too soon. Don't report too late. Don't give too much information right away. You know, all those things are very important to learn. And I, I never saw that coming the first few times I was sort of like, wow, that's a whole nother level of communication I hadn't thought about. So, um, I hadn't really planned on it being something, but it was certainly something I had to get good at very fast. And, uh, and, 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 and still, you still have to develop it because new organizations, new leadership, uh, new peers, all that sort of thing. Um, you continue to have to sort of develop that skill. Absolutely. I call that uh, managing expectations. <laughs> you know, depending on who you're speaking to, you need to change your vocabulary and your language. Uh, you know, uh, that's my favorite part of data science, coincidentally, storytelling. And the ability to storytell to which audience is very, very important. Uh, for myself, I felt like time management was one of the hardest aspects to just wrap my head around. I didn't realize how much time it would take to lead other individuals how much time it would take to coach them, how much extra effort it would take. So that's why I completely agree with what is said previously that you have to want it if you want, because if you don't want it, this is going to be something that's going to frustrate you a lot. Uh, This is going to be something that's going to be, uh, I don't have enough hours in a day. And if you are someone that isn't truly meant for leadership or time uh, or for management, then that time management aspect, a lot of that time is going to go right here, right to yourself. Uh, It's not going to go to the people that really need it. I didn't hear that mentioned. So I did want to at least uh, add that as a a potential, you know, area to uh, focus on while transitioning through leadership. Now, I heard the word reflection. I believe it was from you, Ben. Uh, how important is it to reflect on the job that you've done, uh, You know, especially early? I'm going to give it back right back to you, Ben. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, look, I, I'm a huge fan of like, I, I, I and then once we're done here, I'm going to go sit and pour myself a drink and do my weekly. <laughs> I, think, I think that that sort of looking back on like what 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 happened like what did we do what worked out i used to have um the last company i worked at it was i I tried to cancel this meeting so many times it's a four o'clock on a friday meeting i tried to cancel it so many times and the team never let me cancel it and we would do the same thing every friday we'd say you know what the first we had the same question the first question is what are you drinking so we'd all it's like our our happy hour retrospective the second question is like, what did we, what did we kill it? What did we kill it on this week? How did we like, where, where were we really working hard? And then the next question is like, what did we screw up? Like, you know, and um, so I think, you know, that kind of reflection of like, you know, what, what is going on? What, what can we do to get better about it? What is, is there something systematic that we're noticing? And um, I think, you know, for me, another thing, and to get a little bit sidetracked here, um, th- one of the things that that meeting really did was I could sort of lead by example, you know, I could always call out things like, look, I, I, here's this thing, the CEO wanted this thing and I wasn't able to get in front of it. So everybody had to kind of scramble and work on this project because I wasn't able to get ahead of like what the CEO wanted. Um, and so you can kind of lead with, with that stuff. And then I, I, but I think what it really did was enforce a culture of reflection, mm-hmm. retro, like continual improvement on the team. And I, I, I've carried that in like going forward. Um, you know, personally. And so that's just the, 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 like, what's going on? Why am I running my head into the wall, this thing? And, you know, really, I find for me personally, like when I write, like pen to paper, when I write, um, it really helps me kind of, uh, 
like the physical act of writing helps me mm-hmm. kind of my thoughts about it. And so uh, I think that's, to me, that's like one of the, you know, I, I would call that like a pro tool, um, you know, especially as you get, as you start kind of taking bigger and bigger steps up the ladder, like it, like being able to go back and sort of set, like catch your own mistakes and course correct. Uh, I, it's just been very, very valuable for me. Absolutely. Uh, it's always, we always think that we did a bit better than potentially we really did in some situation, in most situations. So having that group, that collective where someone might think that you did something amazing, where other person says, I think I could have did something a little bit differently. I saw it this way. And just having that culture to openly discuss these things. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, leave from the front. I love that yeah. term. Well, and plus, you know, plus I think, especially like with remote work, you know, it's, it's hard to, so I, I read, I read a really interesting study recently, like some psychologists or something that took a bunch of people and they said like, explain to me what you think of when you think of penguin. And everybody had like a different concept of penguin. And some people thought that like penguins lived in, you know, different parts of the world and like nobody understood something as simple as a penguin. And then like, how much more complicated is what we do than penguins? You know, and so like, I, I think just understanding, making sure everyone has a common understanding of like what's going on, making sure that everyone aligns and everyone has like that, you know, that sort of everyone's so, sort of in the same place. I think that that is it's something that's just so invaluable, especially like when you have a team that's dispersed over the world. Yeah, oh, I, I can only imagine <laughs> Hamanchu, how do you uh, approach uh, reflection, you know, in your team? Because if I'm mistaken, you have hiring managers that or manager, people managers that report into yourself. How do you do and run that reflection period with people that do manage other individuals? Right, right. So one thing throughout like our group is feedback and feedback both upwards and downwards, right? And so it's a common practice to... I spend some time in our one-on-ones that I do with my manager and, and other people do with me. It's like, hey, like, how was that meeting we just did yesterday? Um, you know, we got some pushback. So um, what do you, like, did I, did I handle that okay? Right? Or, now, it, I know it's not like reflection per se, um, reflection builds definitely I would a useful tool. Um, what Ben suggested, uh, especially when when you are working on like ton different things, right? And going from meeting to meeting, project to project, you really don't get that time uh, during the day, right? So it's usually after work. It's usually before the work in the morning before you even open your email. That you want to take some some time to think about okay, so what exactly happened yesterday, or what is what is going on in, in these uh, projects, and how I can like if I need to tweak anything, what should I be doing, right? So I think that approach is so important and so valuable in a lot of instances. Absolutely. And also what I what popped into my head when you said you were juggling, you know, 10 different projects is the prioritization piece. You know, how do you, you know, as a leader, you got so, or a manager, you know, you have so much on at one point. And how do you actually, you know, prioritize which aspect or which role or which, you know, uh, individual, uh, which project, there's a lot of different things that, you know, you're moving at one time. And how do you prioritize those things? I'll actually uh, pitch that question to you, Vinny question of how to prioritize multiple things, Donnie. Yeah, that, that's the biggest challenge I think we all face, right? And and 
more and more. Right? I, I, at some point of my career, I had this illusion that things will get easier, but this never happened. It's always more and more complexity, always and more things, right? And you do more and you fix stuff and you improve. And now we have automated ML pipelines. And now we can have the, the output of our MLs directly going to dashboards and then people can see them and consume things real time and start to embed uh, this outputs into systems of record and we hence. But on the other hand, it, it's, it comes with more, right? With more tasks and it's all good. I think it's it's part of the nature. But prioritizing is always a, a big challenge, right? And and one thing that uh, I do with my team, I know maybe we all do here now, is really leverage agile, right? And really leverage planning and leverage iteration planning and, and put things on the paper every other week, right? When you do the iteration planning, what is the priority right now? What is that is going to give the best uh, return for the investment of our time? And try to do this planning, invest time into where we're going to focus. And most important, into where we will not focus, right? So mm-hmm. what is that we will not do? Uh, that is very important. And then, of course, you plan, and then as things go, <laughs> one day, two days, new things come, uh, urgencies, fire drills, and as as Agile gets embedded into culture, uh, we have a lot of ways of addressing this, right? But it's, it's the important thing is you be together with the team, and, and you understand the pressure, and together with the team, decide where is that we're going to get the most return for our time on this next trip plan for that and then communicate clearly, right? Setting the right expectations. What is that we will not do? And 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 then but they stay can move forward, right? How we prioritize is is always a challenge. Maybe the biggest challenge, right? I know we talk already, but biggest challenge is maybe this is the best challenge. How we can help our people and ourselves prioritize what we have ahead of us. Thank you very much, Vinny. Now, Anthony, I'm curious to hear, you know, how you tackle reflection and prioritization, because uh, I believe you mentioned that you run a multidisciplinary team uh, and you don't come from a a traditional technical background. You lead technical individuals. How do you tackle this? Um, I would love to say I do it really well, but I don't think so. Yeah. So first of all, prioritization, gosh, I mean, if someone has cracked the code on that, please send me that book. Um, but you know, prioritization is just something we continually, that's just like a work of constant improvement. It's, um, you know, it's like painting the golden gate bridge. We're never going to be done, uh, fixing that one. Um, but you know, open lines of communication and again, both directions, you know, up, down sideways with my peers. Uh, that's really important in terms of reflection, man. I, you know, Ben, like you had mentioned, you, you have that four o'clock meeting on Fridays. Uh, we've done that at different stops in my career. We've done things like that. Um, it's certainly easier to do when everyone was in the office together working for remote. You have to sort of, you know, manufacture something like that, but that's a great thing to do. I loved the uh, sort of conversation flow you've talked about. I think we sort of had a model very similar to that in a number of different places. That's great. Uh, in terms of, you know, my own reflection, what I'm doing, uh, I think Vinny, I think you said it, maybe Manchu, you know, it's every day, you know, I have to do that every day in the evening uh, as I'm shutting down sort of in the office by myself. It's like, you know, what, what what went well, what didn't go well. And then tomorrow starting that, you know, right back up from there because uh, it, it's something I just find that you have to do very, very uh, frequently. 
anyway. So, but gosh, mm-hmm. you could, I, I'd love to tell you I did it super well, Donnie, but that would be a lot. <laughs> we are all constantly improving and trying to get to where we like to be. Go ahead, Vidi. Yeah, no, but I just would like to Anthony mention what Ben said, right? And 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 I agree. This is very important. And 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 for myself, I call this acts of gratitude, and it, it's a little. It, I try to focus on the positive, but every week take. 15 minutes and, and and reflect a little bit who helped you this week who had made a difference on what you have to do and what your team has to do and from that start giving recognition and recognizing people right it can be a simple email it can be uh points using program points that, that that's now becoming very common right but sometimes a simple email or a simple note you write a simple note on a card it it does make a lot of difference and 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 this acts of gratitude and that weekly reflection helps a lot. You build trust and you also understand yourself. What is that you value? And as you give feedback and this recognition, people understand as well. What is that is most important for the business, for the company, for our success? Absolutely. The acts of gratitude is such a, it's such a important thing. I, I, I had a team and I used to, when we had our team meeting, I used to go around the table and make everyone say something that, like, what's something you're thankful for, something that you're happy about and looking forward to. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was funny because like the first couple of times I did it, it was, uh, there was a little bit of nonverbal pushback, uh, so to speak. <laughs> and, um, but, but it, it, that it was such a, I, I, I came to value it as like a really important part of the meeting. Absolutely. Now, uh, we've talked about, you know, what went well, what didn't go well, um, one of the things that I think is very important is why did those things not go well? What are some of the takeaways from that? What are some of the learning points? Uh, nothing more frustrating, in my opinion, than making the same mistakes over and over again. Um, so I did just want to highlight that that's something that my boss actually does with us. Start, stop, continue. And what went, what we're stopping and why we're not stopping that. Um, and understanding, you know, the mindset behind that, I think, is quite important. Uh one topic that was mentioned during our, our pre-call was, you know, culture versus environment uh, and how do we, you know, um, coach and empower the individuals that are under us or that we're working with. I think that was something that would be, you know, is very important. And I'm very curious to hear uh, how you all uh, tackle that on a day to day. We'll start with Amanda this time. Tony, would you mind repeating the question one more time? Yes, sir. Uh, culture. Oh, excuse me. I'm reading the wrong thing. Uh, coaching and empowerment. Uh, how do you ensure that you are accounting for this in your day to day as a manager? Totally, totally. So I, I would build up on what I was saying earlier around um, how do you want to build the talent and capacity for your team? Right? And how do you think about the strengths of different team members? Where do you want to um, have different individuals play different roles, like who is more suited for, say, uh, advanced modeling, who one is more suited for running analytics and reporting, right? Who one is suited for um, um, doing more uh, planning and, and um, building out um, the the timelines and, and plans, right? And now that doesn't mean that the person who has been doing it is the one who's also going to do it in the future, right? So mm-hmm. also we would like to take the, the strength 
and tie them with the interests as well, right? So as Grossman, like, always vocal about the interest they've expressed, like someone like, yeah, I would like to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so creating those opportunities is as a leader is your job, right? Mm-hmm. You would you would plan ahead of like, okay, what is coming up in terms of your pipeline or the, and what is at the horizon and who you would like to staff on those things, right? And if they're tied up on something else, can you make, make some adjustments so that they are freed up to take on this new opportunity, right? Because that is how they're going to develop their skill set, right? And that's how they are going to progress. Absolutely. I like what you said about listening to what they are interested in and trying to figure out ways that you're able to meet that uh, you know requirement or that interest. You know that is uh, one of the biggest things that I hear when Canaan's are looking out is that they're not working on the kind of problems they would like. They're you know they're not you know I guess uh, feeling empowered. They feel like they're doing the same things all the time. And in my opinion, that typically you know leads to some retrenchment. <laughs> Go ahead, Vidi. Yeah, no, just just uh, thinking, reflecting what Himanshu said, right? Uh, there one one thing that leaders can do to help other people, especially move on this transition from from individual contributors to 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 management to leadership. Uh, one is mentoring. I think everyone that comes and say, "I do want to be a manager," you have to assign that person to a mentor, for the person to talk to you and to have discussions and to know the situations, even to give the chance to the person to think. Is this really what I want, right? Because it it's a rewarding decision, but it it's not always easy, right? And and the other thing is coaching. I do like a lot uh, the growth method, especially for someone that wants to move to leadership, right? And and the person comes, you know, that person wants to to be a manager. You can start coaching that person, helping the person to reflect on the options, right? So what is that you want to achieve? What What is your reality right now? So what are the effects of, of this affecting this goal that you have? What are the options? And and then keep coming back on that loop until you get the person and what will you do? So you don't tell the person anything. And again, it's, it's, it's not easy, but the person will reflect, they will think, they will analyze their options and they make the decision. And then you can say, look, you, you can do this with, by yourself, so get some confidence as well, right? And that can, again, it's a, it's a loop, right? It's uh, empowerment, it's engagement, and, and, and you're making sure the person gets ready to be comfortable making their own decisions, right? So coaching does make a lot of difference uh, when you're trying to help people to, to move to this transition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Finney. Uh, ben, what about yourself in regards to, you know, coaching, empowerment, mentoring? So I think, you know, one thing that has worked well for me um, is is to so work with, you know, individually work with uh, the people on your teams on a development plan. And, and it's like a collaborative document. It's a living document. The two of you should work on it together. The onus should be on, you know, the per the, you know, the owner should be on the person on your team to, to, you know, to really drive it forward. Um, I had a high school chemistry teacher one time who told us, I care about as much about your grade as you do. So if you, if you care a lot, then I care a lot. If you don't care at all, 
then I don't care at all. And and I, I you know, I don't want it to sound harsh, but I, I kind of feel the same way about, you know, career development. Like I, I care as much as as you do and, and I'm willing to put in as much work as you are. And so I, I want to help you develop in all the ways that, that you want to develop and you can be perfectly happy as a senior data scientist, as a senior analyst. And if that's, you know, if that's who you are and that's what you want to be, let me figure out how I can make you the best freaking senior analyst in the company, you know, but Absolutely. if you but if you do want to drive forward in your career and if that's something that you want, then, you know, I really like pushing that back on, on, you know, on the people on my team. Tell me where you're weak. Tell me the places where you feel that you need to get better. I think that you're actually pretty good at that. You may think you're bad at that. Mm-hmm. I think there's some other things that you need to focus on maybe a little bit more deeply than that and, and make it an honest conversation. I like a, a quarterly independent from any one-on-ones, like a quarterly meeting and, you know, it's it's you hold them accountable, and then you hold them accountable for holding you accountable. Um, so it's 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 you push them to the 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 plans that they set for themselves, and then you make sure that that the people on your team understand. Like, you know, I I want you to push back to me if I'm not doing everything that you feel I should be doing for your career. Um, tell me because I want to I want to get better at that. And and so it's a I, I think it's if if when I've set that dynamic up, especially for people who've been very invested in their career and well, I, and I don't want that to sound the wrong way, people who are very interested in advancing their career forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, when I, when I've been able to set up that dynamic, I, I, I feel like that type of partnership works really, really well. Um, but, but, but that for, for, for me, it's like, you know, I, I want to know where do you feel let's together sit down and have the conversation. Where do you feel you're weak? Where do you feel you can get better? And here's the things I feel that I'm really good at. You know, there's, here's some of these things I can help you with. And if I can't help you with these things, let me find you a mentor. Let me find you somebody else and maybe some other party mm-hmm. who can help you with these things. Well, also, if you don't know, you don't, uh, you know, if you don't ask, you don't know, you know, under, and also individuals asking someone, what would you like in your career is a great question to ask as a leader, because you might find that the person you were thinking was going to be a manager, what doesn't want to be a manager or the person that you thought didn't really, you know, think about much, really put their hand up and said, actually, I would really love to lead one day. I feel like I've got something I would like to say. And then it got, you know, you're like, wow, okay. Now you manage that person differently. Now you look at them a bit differently as well. And it ultimately builds that rapport that you're hoping to have in a collaborative team. Anthony, what about yourself in regards to uh, the topics that we've covered with coaching, empowerment, and mentoring? Yeah, I think all these comments are great. And I think with coaching, you know, it's really important for me to always understand certainly the tangible skill sets, but also the intangibles, you know, because that's some of the really important factors as you as you make that jump uh, further up in seniority and leadership positions and so forth. Understanding, you know, what they're good at in those respects, what the, where they need help, um, and, and getting feedback on how I'm doing. You know, how am I doing with um, with fostering that development in you? Um, in terms of the empowerment, I, you know, I remember when I was younger, I had a, a great um, senior executive who sort of took me under his wing. And one time he said, you know, Anthony, um, he goes, my peers, a senior executive, we're not smarter than you. We just have access to more information than you. And because uh, I would get frustrated sometimes about stuff. I didn't understand decisions. And he, would, uh, he gave me that piece of advice. And so I've always sought to share as much information as I possibly can at any time with any member of my team, wherever I have been, uh, to let them know what's going on in the organization. Well, why are we making these types of decisions so that they can see broader pictures, so they can see beyond maybe just their tasks and just our, our, the team they're on and so forth. So that is something I took to heart. It always frustrated me when I was younger. And so I've really always, you know, obviously there's some things I can't always share. Um, nice. and I can, and, and very much open door with that. You come to me at six o'clock on a 
Friday and you have a question about something and it takes 45 minutes to explain that, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that time. I'll we'll spend that time. Um, eight o'clock on a Monday morning, we'll do it. Whenever is good for you because I really want to have that sort of, um, you know, that perfect information sharing to the extent that we can at all times. And I think when you do that, I think you see some of those people, uh, you know, who are sitting there, you know, thoughts going in the back of your head, they, they really start to expand and they, they really blossom and flourish after that. Mm-hmm. Just well, to, thank you. Go ahead. Just to build on, quickly build on what you, you said, Anthony. I mean, I think I, everybody in the world, uh, maybe everybody in the world twice uh, watched the Simon Sinek leader start with why TED talk, I think. Uh, <laughs> and if you haven't, then you should go watch it twice because it's fantastic. And it's exactly it exactly hits on the the thing that, that you were saying, uh, Anthony, like uh, uh, Martin Luther King didn't say I have a he said I have a dream. He didn't say I have a plan. Right. We, yeah. What's the vision? What's the why behind what you're doing? And then it, what I found in my career so often is that if people understand why, if people understand, here's what we're trying to accomplish at a high level. And here's here's how this little thing that you think is insignificant and just like giant pain in the butt. Here's how it supports all this stuff. And here's how it like points at the thing that we're all kind of pointing at. And I, I find that when people understand that that what they're doing is aligned, that when people understand like why they're doing what they're doing um, and the motivation behind it, it's like it's so much easier to motivate. Absolutely. And ben, that's you, you, you use the TED Talk example. One of the things I remember was uh, the story from the Apollo project, right? And I remember some um, folks were visiting NASA and there was a guy there, you know, working late at night, sweeping the floors. Mm-hmm. They asked him, you know, what he was working on, uh, what, what, what he was working on there. And they expect him to say, sweeping the floors, cleaning their office, something like that. And he says, we're putting a man on the moon. And I, I just love that example. Right? Yes. He felt that what he was doing contributed to a larger team by what he was doing. He was helping the other scientists. He was helping the people in that building to that larger mission. So I, I, I spot on the group. It was fantastic. Thanks. I, I love that story as well. Actually, both of them. <laughs> I love uh, uh, the janitor, you know, I'm putting a man on the moon. I love it. Yeah, that story has resonated with me as well. Uh, now, I think that's a, a good place to leave the discussion for today. Uh, but before we end the podcast, I like to go around the room and get a key learn or takeaway from the conversation today. Uh, I'll start with Anthony first. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I love these discussions. It's so good to hear uh, folks in other companies and the challenges you have. Uh, it's great to get somewhat commiserate, right? Hey, we all have the same problem, but it was great to get some of these neat ideas. So really appreciate it. I hope it's useful to other people listening, but I I already took a lot of notes while I was listening to to everyone else here. So thank you. Thank you very much, Anthony. How about yourself, Amin Shu? Yeah, this has been really enriching. Um, One thing that that came up, I think, and just as an, um, I'd say as an aha moment was you you really don't become a leader when you get the title, right? Um, you you are you are the leader when you are uh, starting uh, to behave like one, right? Mm-hmm. And and that could be very well when you are still an IC, but once you start showing those qualities, once you start showing your potential, and once you express your interest, uh, that's when you you are already like halfway on that journey, right? And then it's just the the matter of like um, converting them into like an official role. Uh, and believe me, um, the the official conversion is um, is easier than than what you really actually show that that you 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 do um, you are a leader, right? Absolutely, absolutely. 
Vinny, how about yourself? Well, I, I did as Anthony right as we were talking here. I took several notes of the tips and things that I I should be doing, and, and a few things that I should be doing better, right? Because as time flies, right, and you don't properly prioritize, you you've let some things behind that you shouldn't. Uh, Tony, I just want to thank you, right, for the invitation. It was indeed a pleasure, Anthony, Ben, Manchu. It was great talking with you guys. It, it it was fun. I think it was a fun conversation, right? That that is my key Absolutely. Uh, well, fun will take, my friend. <laughs> ben, lastly, last but not least. Uh, so I, I have two takeaways. Um, I also took a lot of notes. I think, number one, I'm totally going to steal uh, Hamanchu's daily uh, retrospectives and stand-ups. I think my weekly is pretty good, but I think it's it's not often enough. So I'm totally going to steal that from you, Hamanchu. Um, we've already connected internally on CVS teams. Uh, so, um, I'm proud. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it's interesting. CVS is such a giant company, right? Um, uh, and then, uh, but second takeaway, and I think, you know, for, uh, for all of your loyal listeners out there, like the, the, the one, the one thing that we absolutely didn't talk about today was technology. We didn't talk about tech stacks. We didn't talk about programming language. We didn't talk about model building. We didn't right. talk about deep learning or AI or any of that stuff, all of that stuff is easy in comparison to the people challenges, to the organizational challenges that you experience as a leader. And like, I think that, you know, to your, your point, Vinny, I think you, you mentioned that like, you know, you do have to be technically excellent. That's kind of the pool of talent that you draw from leadership. But I, I don't know that being technically excellent is either a necessary or sufficient condition. Like it's a, it's a consideration, but but at the end of the day, the really challenging stuff, and I, um, I, you know, the really challenging bit of the job is is are are, are the people challenges. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, and we'll leave it there for today. This has been the Evolution Exchange USA podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank Ben, Anthony, Hamanshu, and Vinny for sharing their insights and thoughts today. We hope you can join us next time on the Evolution Exchange podcast. If you are hiring for data scientists or looking for a new opportunity, Feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution, or if you or anyone you know would be would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. I am Data Science Donnie, and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at donnie.mcclary at evolutionjobs.us, or visit us at www.evolutionjobs.us. Thanks again to all our guests, and thank you for listening.